freedom? Well, again, I'm just going to scratch the surface of the theme, the coded word. What does that mean? It means that freedom can mean different things for different people in different places and different times. If you ask, for example, a mom of three toddlers, what is freedom? She might say, well, freedom is going to the toilet alone. <laughs> if you ask a teenager, he would say, well, I don't know how to pronounce his name correctly, Epictetus or Epictetus or Epictetus, I don't know. So, this idea is ancient, but it's also new. Is freedom anything else than the right to live as we wish? Nothing else. Does it remind you of somebody else talking about it? Almost everybody, for example, in the TV, they say this. Freedom is the right to do whatever you want. A Jewish context. But he was not only Jewish, he was a religious Jew. Meaning that he was under the law. He from uh, traveling from Jerusalem to Damascus, where he would persecute more Christians. And in a vision, Jesus appears to him, or in person, we don't know. Jesus appears to him, and then he becomes a persecuted. Christian. But then, uh, uh, planting churches all around. And, and, and in Galatia, churches that he planted, he then uh, received news that some other uh, Christian Jews were going to these. Let's read some verses from the Galatians 5. Uh, I'll quote them so as, as we read. So verses 1 and 2 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves by a yoke of slavery, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have sacrificed the flesh with its passions and desires, since we live by the Spirit, let us step with the Spirit. Now, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Now, the Lord is a Spirit, and there is freedom. So, what's Paul trying to do through this text? So, Christ has set us free, verse 13, saying, you brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Now, to illustrate, I would like to, the next slide to show. Okay? Now, freedom. Because this is what, what happens, and Paul is talking about this. Jesus has set us free. And to the Galatians, he's saying, why are you not living in freedom? Then it points us to the second point, which is God wants us to understand what real freedom is. And in the text, Paul contrasts two misconceptions of freedom with the real freedom. Okay? 
So the first misconceptions, he, at the cross was the price paid for their sin, and therefore they were set free. They received, they believed in this freedom, okay? However, they were also taught by those uh, Christian Jews that they had to follow the Jewish law in order to be true Christians. And by doing that, of slavery to law. They now, what does it, ha- does it have to do? They think that following Jesus is about religion. They think that with us, slavery, because they, not, they are not free for relationship. They need some, some freedom. Because freedom brings also Responsibility of choosing, responsibility of following what. Sorry. Okay. There is the cage. They prefer somebody telling them what to do. They prefer a strict religion. You might have come across people that say that. I I need something you know that tells us. What is right and what is wrong and so on and so yeah, they Jesus set you free, live in freedom. Okay. So this is the first misconception. Now there is a second misconception from verses 13 to 15. He points out to people that say, Okay, Christ has set me free. Yay. I am free to do whatever I want. You're wrong. It's not what Jesus has set us free. It's not the purpose of freedom. They follow the same idea of that Greek philosopher, Epictetus, saying, okay, it's my right. Now, it's interesting because uh, highlights that the people who do who think they are self-indulgent, indulging one's own desires. That's indulgence. In the text he constructs constra- them. Of course, he doesn't say freedom is, but he get that. Presents what is right. So in verse 16, he says, To live by the Spirit. By the Spirit. Verse 18 is to be led by the Spirit. In verses 22 and 23, to bear fruit or the fruit of the Spirit. But then it comes the question what is this Spirit he's talking about? Then 2 Corinthians 3 17. Is the spirit, or where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So the text says, the Lord. Now, the Lord, he doesn't refer to the spirit here as God or as Jesus. He says, believe that 
is his, his presence, but also lordship. You know why? Paul says, back in, in Galatians 5, verse 24, that the ones living in freedom, that are led by the Spirit, are free uh, to the Spirit, they have the freedom to say no to themselves in order to say yes to Jesus. They have crucified the flesh with its passions and And it's quite interesting, you know, because this idea of lordship, in a way, that he said, belong to Christ. About it. Real freedom comes from a relationship of submission to the Lord. He is using this language to talk about us, free people, but free people who have Lord, have a Lord over them. Isn't that weird? Doesn't it sound contradictory? What Paul is trying to say that if we are left to be our own masters, we will always fall back to be slaves to our own passions and desires. Therefore, we cannot be the bird in the cage with the door open. We must leave the cage. And then... It brings us to our third point, which is God wants us to respond well to freedom. Of course, this response, to, response, to respond well to freedom means that although you can say no to God's freedom and keep living your pseudo-freedom, I urge you to say yes to the relationship of submission to the Spirit. Well, how do we live in submission to the Spirit? I can point out that it's by holding two attitudes together. The first one is the one that is constantly taking the antidote to false freedom. And the antidote is faith and love. Verse 6, part B Paul says that faith expressing itself through love. This is the type of life that is the life that free people live. It's the one full of faith expressing itself through love. But also, serve one another humbly in love. So in order to not fall in those misconceptions... We must live in faith and love. This faith that is expressed through love. This faith that, ta that um, takes us or 
I will not say push, but encourages us to serve one another. Now, it's very easy to get stuck in the realm of ideas and intentions and not do anything about freedom. A study uh, conducted by LifeWay Research reveals that in America, maybe it's just America, um, 91% of young people or young adults that said they wanted to serve, that said they wanted to serve in their community, only 23 actually volunteered in 2022. From 91%, only 23 indeed volunteered, took the idea or the intention into action. So I say that spiritual freedom comes from the relationship of submission to the Spirit, which leads us to a relationship of love expressed by serving neighbors and brothers and sisters. But how can we serve one another? So if this is not your first time with us, it's very likely that you have heard one of our main axioms, which is everybody gets to play. Everybody gets to play, and we try to do what it suggests, get everybody to play. Now, you have two ways of seeing this, okay? People can misunderstand us and think that we say it because we want to pull this off, you know, to have it going. But the truth is, or what we really think, is if spiritual freedom comes from a relation to the Spirit, which leads us to a relationship of love expressed, expressed by serving, how can we, as pastors, help you achieve that? Because pastors are in the business of helping other people find their place in life. So how can we help you live in freedom if freedom is expressing love through serving? So we create opportunities for you to walk in freedom. We create opportunities for you to serve. So when we ask you to join a team, for example, we are actually giving you an opportunity to live in freedom. It's not because we want to, to see things get done, but, but because you, it's important for you to live in freedom. And to live in freedom is to serve others. So, today, intentionally, you have on, on the seats, we have the join a team. If you are not part of a Sunday team yet, you pick a card fill in your name, the area you want to serve, then when you are coming out, you can put in a blue box out there or give it back to the Connect uh, area team, okay? And that said, yeah, I want to serve, you know, but, not, but do nothing about it, it's up to you. But if you want to do something about freedom, you can do it. We are giving you an opportunity to do it, so do it. As people may say, today is very common to say, just do it, you know? It's, yeah. <laughs> By the way, we are restarting the 9.30 refreshments, okay? If you want to join this team, you can write in the card as well. Well, I want to join the 9.30, 
Okay. And I remember a few, few days ago, uh, Andy's memory about the Hannington and, and, and Julia's family. Uh, the second time they came to our church, uh, it was a time when we give opportunity for people to host a small group in their homes. And they said, yeah, can, can, we, can we be part of it? Second time here. And they were already volunteering. On the other day, we had also one volunteer that was trying to recruit Charles Montgomery to, to do the video. <laughs> I was impressed by that, you know? It's, it's like An Andrew's attitude, you know, the, the disciple Andrew, because he went to recruit Nathaniel, saying, oh, come and see, come and see the master, come, I, come and see the Messiah. This, is, this must be us, because we are talking about freedom, and freedom is in serving others, expressing love through serving. This should be us. Say, oh, come on, help me. Help me do that. Help me do that. Help me give freedom to people. But I said two attitudes. The second attitude, be always ready to say yes to whatever the Spirit asks of you. If the Spirit says, go speak to that person, you say yes. If the Spirit says, stop everything and pray, you say yes. If the Spirit says, stop talking now, you say, yes. Well, not me, you. I mean, yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll stop in a minute. But <laughs> if the Spirit says, be kind to this person, you say, yes. If he says, apologize to your wife or to your kids or to your mother-in-law, you say, yes. Some may say, no, it's too difficult. So many things have happened, but if the Spirit says, do it, you say, yes. Our hearts must be, must be full of readiness to say yes to God, to say, why? Why? And this is the, the, the secret about submission, guys. I said there is a, a, it seems to be a controversy about it, but it's not. And why not? Because... Our, the lordship of God over us is a lordship of love. It's not a lordship of harshness or force, but it's an invitation to relationship always. It's the Holy Spirit with a gentle voice saying, do this. If we say yes, we are free. We are free because it builds us up spiritually and personally. And also blesses other people. When we say yes to the Spirit, something incredible happens inside of us. We are free. If you cannot say yes to the Spirit, it means that you are not living in freedom. If you cannot say, I'm sorry to your wife, you are not living in freedom. If you cannot be kind to this person when the Spirit says it's because you are not free. I feel that there are people here who need prayer today to be reminded of the freedom we find in Christ Jesus, but also to be free to say yes to God, to say yes to the Lord.
Remember that He is the Lord. You might have just discovered that you are not living in freedom because you are saying no to the Spirit. I want to pray for you. I feel the sense that we must pray. There are people that are being held by fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear that if they really surrender to God, something will happen that they don't have control over. And they have fear of that. And therefore, they don't say yes to the Holy Spirit. Some people are afraid of being rejected or making mistakes. We want to pray for you so you can say yes to this. Prayer.